Where the hell have you been, soldier? Training, sir! Training, sir! What kind of training, son? Pizza training, sir! Welcome to episode one. Two zero of Drew and Sam Talk Training. I am Drew Helmholtz with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. Drew, you may have noticed that uh, I took us out of the coffee shop and I've moved us to the kitchen. I love it when Zoom does updates and changes things like adding fun backgrounds for my social media manager to lose her mind over on how she's going to put this into her very cool custom frame for YouTube. So, so thanks for that. So it's episode 120. It's even, which means it's not odd, uh, which means it's you because it's not me. What's, uh, what was the tease from 119? I don't even remember. It's been so many, so many hours and weeks. So I believe we're going to talk about where do you go to get information if you haven't been given it? How can you discern where to go? If your leader hasn't given you the information on where it is, Sam, I think there are two distinct different problems here. Yep, just two. Just two. Just two. Okay. First one, the first one sounds like the obvious one of the learner or the leader. Either the learner hasn't listened or the leader hasn't shared where the information is. The other one's the interesting one. The other one is where the leader is the holder of all the information. Hmm. The pillar of knowledge. Correct. Didn't we hear that in a book, Pillar of Knowledge? Yes. I want to say it was the Covey book. You can't be the pillar of knowledge. Oh, wasn't it um, Who Moved My Cheese or One Minute Manager? Yeah, I don't know. We have just read so many books. Which one of those two would you like to dump, jump into first? The leader hasn't shared or the learner hasn't listened because same problem. Right. We're not connecting that communication line or the leader is the pillar of knowledge. Uh, let's hit the first one uh, or, or the easiest one, which is not the first one, I think. And let's hit the leader is the pillar of knowledge. Yeah, I love it when the leader is the pillar of knowledge. Uh, most supervisors go through this in their early phases of supervision because it shows their new team why they're the supervisor. And why they're so important. Correct. But there's actually a much better reason why. When you're asked the question, you give the answer instantly because it is so much easier for you, supervisor, who is running fire to fire to fire to fire, who believes that you only have 12 seconds to spare to just give the answer than it is to lead the horse to water. And they're not wrong. It is faster. It is. Except what happens tomorrow, Sam? The very same question comes up. How about two days from now? In the morning and then in the evening. The very same question comes up. And on day 74, where the very same question comes up, how will said supervisor respond? I've told you this 62 times. How many boxes of rocks are you dumber than? When the person you're communicating with hasn't been told that 62 times, they've probably been told it three over the last month. But you, supervisor, have had to share it with multiple people every day, multiple times. And now you're getting frustrated. And I don't know about you, but I've seen that exact frustration play out in classes when I'm doing my supervisor class. I've seen it in store with supervisors where I've had to pull people aside. It's real. And again, I understand why it happens. 
because in that moment right here, it's faster. But if you add up the hundred times over the next year, you're going to give that one minute answer to that question. There's no way showing them where the answer is would take you that hundred minutes. Well, and I think there's another symptom of that root cause problem, you being the pillar of knowledge. See if, um, see if you agree with this. Uh, supervisor comes up to you and says, I'm burned out. My phone is constantly blowing up and I can't get a day off. And that's a constant when I'm teaching the class, which is why I want to bring this one up as one of the two reasons this happened. Because the average supervisor does not actually work 100 hours in their stores. Now, some of them do because they're opening and closing, but that's because they're shift runners, not supervisors at the moment. But for the, for the supervisors, like, I'm, I'm on my phone from 8 a.m. till midnight every day. The usual question I have for them is why? And the snotty answer I'll occasionally give is if you're not communicating, if you're not active in your stores because you're going to the stores you like as opposed to the stores that need your help, if you're not in your stores on a consistent basis every other day, every, every two days, and if you haven't given your team a way to communicate with you, a logbook, a group text, whatever that is, no kidding they call you because you have told them to call you. They are doing exactly what you asked them to do. and. To your point of the first part of this, of the leader hasn't set, shared it or the learner hasn't listened, you haven't given them a different way to communicate a question to you other than call you at 2 a.m. and ask when the next boost week is. Right. I love where you're going with this. One of the things that a supervisor did when I was a general manager and then an ops director did when I was a supervisor was on the very first time we met and we we're kind of getting to know each other. They gave me their communication ground rules and when it was okay to call, when it was okay to text. And, you know, I, I remember distinctly them telling me as we're figuring each other out, as we're getting down the road towards knowing each other a little bit better, you know, and this, this director of operations said, you know, my, my phone goes on, do not disturb at midnight and it comes off do not disturb at 6 a.m if something happens between midnight and 6 a.m and you're not sure whether it's a text or a call call twice because that'll go through do not disturb and i'll answer your question and then at the end of that conversation i'll either say you made the right choice to call or that would have been better as a text tomorrow and then he would also add if you're not sure, I always want you to call because I would rather have you call and me say that would have been a better text tomorrow than you text and I wake up and realize that should have been a call last night. And as we get to know each other, you'll start to know what I think is a call and what I think is a text. And we'll work our way through that. In the meantime, I'll always answer your call if you call twice and I will always say thank you for calling and I will always answer your question. And I think you've got to set up ground rules. I mean. You, the people that you're leading don't think the way that you think, and they're on different time schedules than you're on. And yet you still have to be communicating. So I think that's really important. But in that, in that scenario, there are clear ground rules for communication. Right. There's clear expectations for communication. Right. There is no negative effect to over communication other than the tightening of future guardrails. 
you're taking the highway from eight lanes to two. Whereas most supervisors do do the whole, here's my phone number, call me when you need me. And I don't have an opening driver I'm calling. I don't have a closing driver I'm calling. I ran out of green peppers I'm calling. It's beyond silly. I had a bad customer experience I'm calling. I had a ridiculous request from a driver who wanted Halloween, Super Bowl, and uh, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving off. And I have to call my supervisor to vent. Like, it's, it's just ridiculous. And the amazing thing to me is that when I'm teaching my class, as the supervisors are telling me how often they're on their phone, mm-hmm. very seldom do they actually have to take a phone call during the class. Yeah, funny how that works. And here's what I've noticed in classes as well. I think I've coined a phrase during this episode. I just wrote it down. I'm going to share it with you here in a second. But it seems to me that the supervisors that want to be the pillar of knowledge and make no mistake about it, they want to be. They prove it in their actions. They have a need to be the smartest person in the room. And I've gone through that phase myself. Everybody does. As have I. (laughs) And I, I think that it's pretty noticeable to me when I'm doing workshops who they are before they even open their mouth because they're the ones stepping away from class the most. And, you know, I was with a client, we we're doing a supervisor class and I think I had seven supervisors in the class and there was one supervisor that was rarely in the class. And every time he'd get a text, he'd look at me and he'd give me that I'm calling me again. And I just thought to myself, Well, of course they are. They don't have to make a decision. And if I'm a GM and you tell me that that I am free from excuse of any negative consequence, if I just call you, heck yeah, I don't have an opening driver. I'm calling you. I don't have a closing driver. I'm calling you. I I got ghosted on food order. I'm calling you. Yeah, because it's easier for me. Makes my life way easier. Has no like I, I there is no thought in my head that it that your phone is blowing up with six other managers at that time doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. You have, you have told me that I am free from guilt if I just call you. And you've also given me the ability to not have to think my way through my own situations. You've given me the ability to simply be a higher paid pizza maker than most because you're going to make all the decisions. One step critical thinking. If anything occurs, call Sam. Right. 1-800-CALL-SAM. For those of you in the Detroit number area, you know what the, what I'm reckoning that. So here's my catchphrase. You ready? Yeah. Fire away. If you're overworked, your team is underdeveloped. I mean, if your phone is constantly blowing up, or if you're constantly covering shifts, or you're constantly doing things that your team could be doing, then you must have not done a great job of developing that team. And that's your job as a leader is to develop your team. I had the, um, the pleasure a couple of weeks ago to go to the local association of talent development chapter in Ann Arbor. They had an event called the great engagement on a Thursday night. I am a member of that group as well. And I get those invitations and I've always wondered to myself, maybe I should go. How was it? It was absolutely wonderful. A little dinner beforehand. Um, a gentleman from Dexter did some speaking around um, engagement, but the group as a whole, and there were only like 15 or 20 of us in the room. The conversation all came to the same place. One of the um, directors of learning from 
That's one of the local universities where she does curriculum for the professors at a university was like the number one job as a manager is not to, it was really funny the way she said it. The number one job is not to guarantee results. The number one job is to talk to your team. So that your team can produce results. Correct. Would be my guess. Correct. Because the team is, is the part that actually generates and does the, the frontline thing. And if you think about it, sports is the best example of that, right? Whether you're the general manager who picks the players or the coach that calls the play, you're not actually doing the work. That is correct. You're communicating through the week to ensure that the team does the work when the play is called. And the way she said it, I was like, you know what? That's, that's actually not talked about enough. Because how many people do you know, Sam, roll their eyes when we talk? And, and I know you've done it. I talk about having meetings with your team and people like, I hate meetings. I'm like, no, you have to sit down with someone outside of them dealing with a customer, making a pizza and talk about the business. And, it, and if, if you're not doing that, you're not managing your team. You're just showing up and working alongside them. You're just an overpriced pizza maker. So it's a fabulous way to put it that the the manager's number one job is not to deliver results. The num- manager's number one job is to communicate with the team so that the team can generate the results. You know, I, I think a great example of that is that if I were to walk into any pizza store tonight and take random delivery expert and pull them aside and say, what's our EADT goal tonight? My guess is many of them would A, have no idea what that acronym stands for. But even if they did know what that acronym stood for, my guess is they wouldn't know what the goal of the store was that night. When I do my handle the rush class, that communication part is the piece I get the most pushback from. Mm -hmm. Why so? You've got to write down a goal and then you've got to talk to your team tonight about what that goal is. And then you've got to ask your team what they can do to help you achieve that goal. I'm not seeing any good reasons for pushback on that particular assignment. Same reason as why the supervisor's a pillar of knowledge. I don't have the time to do that. Right. That's cool. Then your team doesn't know what they're supposed to do tonight. They're going to do whatever it is they think is best for them and not for the bigger group or the customer. And then you're going to get mad at the end when it doesn't give you the results you want. Or Find five minutes, find five minutes to make your life easier. And I've never had it. Okay. I had one take five minutes because uh, we had free soups in the store and the soups decided to run the store and let the manager go. And the manager went off and like, like had like a whole crew meeting. <laughs> it's like, okay, like, like we don't need to like, this is just for the ship, like the next four hours, not the next six months, dude. Like, like wheel is back in. <laughs> dude sees the opportunity, man. Exactly. Good for him or her. That's awesome. That first one of the pillar of knowledge is from my aspect, I assume it's the same for you, is the most frustrating because it's a self-inflicted burnout. Okay. So we're halfway through our time, a little over half, actually. Let's hit the, the other cause of what we're talking about today. The leader has not shared or the learner has not listened. So hit me with that one. It's the same thing. As the learner, you don't know it's important when it's said. I think I've told you that story, right? Where there was once a time in my, in my history where I had a boss who gave different directives every Monday. <laughs> and so I didn't, my, my rule of thumb was whatever was said, I wrote it down 
and just put a hash mark next to it. And when it hit three, then it, it was communicated to my team because at three mentions of this over three Mondays, it was obviously a big enough deal that it mattered. And at the end of the year, I had a page that had probably 140 different topics on it and only like five or six ever hit three. Wow. There's a leader with vision. But that leader would tell you that they told us all of these things if any of those 140 ever came up and they would Mm -hmm. not be incorrect. I was not listening because I deemed these things to be unimportant because there was no follow up to it. There was no next steps. There was no action to it. There's no accountability to it. So so this these two for for the leaders out there who are like, oh, yeah, I know I've told them they're not listening. Nope. Still on you. And for the learner who is going, I have never heard that before. Yep, you probably have. You just deemed it not important at that moment. For me, for communication, communication is all on the shoulders of the person sending the message. And, you know, when we talk about communication in my leadership workshop, I like to say that the message is not sent until it is received. And the only way that you can know that it is received is that if you have them parrot it back to you or they have have them paraphrase back to you or you do a skills check or you do some sort of check in with them to make sure that they understand and then you know your your thing that i really like you find out who's going to do what by when if you want there to be accountability at the end of my communication piece i like to say what is it that you heard me say because they'll boil it down to the way they speak. They'll boil it down to the way they listen. And it's effective for you as a leader too, because now you know how to paraphrase them. What did you hear me say? That said, I, I don't understand, Sam. Can, can we get into some Pacifics here real quick? Let's, uh, let's get into some Pacifics. It's all bred out of the conversation last episode around standards. And I do not, for the life of me, understand why as an assistant manager, and we can make the argument that a team member should, we can get there in a second, but let's start at assistant manager. Welcome, Sam, you're an assistant manager. Here's your new pay raise. Here's the standards. Your first job is read the standards. That's, you know, this is a question that you have that I do not have an answer for because it makes so much sense to do that. I just don't get it. Like download this to your phone, read this supervisor. You don't have um, uh, the backing of your franchisee to create your own training program. That's cool. There's free online tools. Make up a 10 point quiz that you can ask a person. You can send it to them when you're done with this, with the standards, finish this quiz. If there's someone like my son, they would fire the quiz up and then search the standards for the quiz answers you still win yeah because now they know and you've probably you've probably formed that quiz in things that are important to you as well you know we you may remember this we had we had an interview with uh one of my mount rushmore guys and chairman's circle hall of fame winner jason shiflett and as he told us his story and his journey of Domino's Pizza, he said the night before he took over his first store, he took those standards home and read them cover to cover. That was uh, my wife's thing when she first became a manager. She read through the standards. Uh, I'll be honest, I didn't have access to them when I became an assistant manager, and I didn't know standards existed for the first seven months I was in management. So there's 
there's a root cause if ever I've heard one. How can you read something that you don't know exists? And to your point of once somebody becomes an assistant manager, they should read them. Even if they don't read them, at least they know they exist. Correct. And that's where when somebody asks the question on the Facebook group and the answer is check standard, the only acceptable answer to that is I don't know where they are. And that is perfectly okay. It's on the leader as, as, as a leader of that person asking a question and saying, I don't know where they are. That's not on the person asking the question in the first place. It's not on the person saying, I don't know where they are. It is totally on their leader for not, not giving them the tools to do the job. It certainly is. I'm working with team Dax right now, rebuilding their entire training program from the ground up, going through assistant manager, general manager roles and responsibilities. We're going to roll all of this out changes to learning hub changes to classroom structure changes to who is teaching it it's amazing because it's actually like the consulting piece of it i i i love it and we could do a whole episode on stuff that i found just talking to team members because that's the first half of it i've got 20 hours of interviews with team members six hours above store 14 14 in store so yeah it's fabulous i didn't have um standards on that list at this moment at that at this moment I was worried about a lot of the classrooms. So, you know, we've got like a product certification, open certification, rush, close. I had a wireframe built for welcome to management. And now I'm totally going to just build out a standard. And it's not even a standards module. It will be download the standards to your phone, read the standards, take this quiz. It might be like an old school book report. Download the standards, take the quiz, and then tell us the three standards you didn't know existed till you read through standards. Sure. Yeah, I think that's great. I'm a big fan. There are so many things and they change, right? They do. And typically twice a year. And when they change, like I, I know, I know from being on the training side of it, the changing of the standards is why there wasn't something put on Learning Hub because we couldn't update the content fast enough for the changes. But that shouldn't stop what you and I are talking about doing here of read the standards and take this quiz. Right. Piece cake. And now I'm going to totally go build that quiz for them once I have access to standards. Well, I like that. No, no, no worries. You know, the other a rabbit hole that I was looking at when it, when it comes to standards and pillars of knowledge and communication, is there's been a little thing on the Facebook within the last, gosh, I don't know, three or four months, I want to say. And um, as I look at the clock, maybe we'll tease this for uh, episode 121. But there's this whole rift about people posting anonymously. And some people like it and some people don't. So um, let's uh, start out episode 121 about talking anonymously. What do you think about that? Fine by me. Cool. Well, wrap this puppy up. This has been episode one. of Drew and Sam Talk Training. In the event you have not done so, why have you not shared this with your friends? Why have you not tagged us in a post saying what you get out of this? Why have you not shared it on my Instagram feed where you can win one of the books we talked about? Simple. Follow us, like us, subscribe. Help us reach more people. Because that's the only thing we get out of this is helping more people. 
let's wrap this up real quick. The pillar of knowledge episode in the event that your team is not hearing what you're saying, you're not saying it often enough in the event that your team is burning you out with all the texts and phone calls. You are not setting up communication systems and guidelines for your team to know when to call you and about what. Have a communication system with your team and communicate often with your team. I am Drew with Better Than Yesterday Consulting. And I am Sam with Bowser Consulting. Gang, as always, go out, sell more pizza. And have more fun. Not some fun. More fun. That's all, folks.